And welcome back to the Back Row Eagles show, everybody. This is episode four, and I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Uh, I want to just take a minute and thank everybody who got me on the chartable top 200 sports podcast list. I think I was uh, number 114, and that was about two days ago on March 26th. So thank you very much. I really appreciate all the downloads, all the love. Uh, that one review that I got, that was a glowing review. I know who you are, so thank you very much. So let's just get right into it here. Um, we're going to start with some free agency news. You know, paging Re- Howie Roseman is the title of the show, but I think another one bites the dust is almost just as fitting. Um, guys that maybe you wanted to see or that I wanted to see either come to the Eagles or return to the Eagles, they're just dropping left and right here, and yet we're not really doing much of anything at all. So the Panthers have signed wide receiver Robbie Anderson, two years, $20 million. They also released former MVP quarterback Cam Newton and traded quarterback Kyle Allen to the Washington Redskins for a fifth-round draft pick. You know th- That move makes sense. He's familiar with Ron Rivera. He knows what kind of system Rivera is going to install there in case anything would happen um, with Dwayne Haskins. They have a good backup. I was a little shocked by Cam Newton. I- I'm surprised they didn't try to trade him. But at the same point in time, NFL teams are smart-ish where they know if someone's going to be re- released, why would you send a draft pick when you just get the guy a lot cheaper you're gonna take on that whole contract so I never really wanted Robbie Anderson to be an eagle but a lot of people did I understand the hype and the love for Robbie Anderson um he's just kind of a boomer bust guy you already have that with Deshaun Jackson he's under contract till 2021 so uh moving on the Packers have signed wide receiver Devin Funches never wanted him here just saying another wide receiver off the board we're not doing anything um the Redskins is all, have also signed running back Peyton Barber, two years, $3 million. It's about 600000 guaranteed. So he was a guy that, again, I wanted. He was an undrafted free agent when he came into the league. Uh, but he's a guy that could teach Miles Sanders just kind of how to be a veteran, or you know, not a veteran, but just how the NFL works, just help him move along and learn, all that good stuff. Yet he is now a member of the Washington Redskins. The Redskins have also signed former Eagles tight end Richard Rodgers. So are we going to draft a tight end? Uh you know I love Bryson Hopkins. Watch some film. You could thank me later. The stats aren't overpowering. There's also another tight end, Josiah DeGora from Cincinnati. He really has some, I mean, the dude's got, he's got speed. He's not a big guy, a little bit smaller than Dallas Goddard, but good speed. If the Eagles wanted to get really creative and run a three tight end set, that would be dangerous if he was there. Um, CX have signed former first-round draft pick of the Colts, wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Jacksonville Jaguars have signed tight end Tyler Eifert. Here's another one that goes off the board. The Chargers signed linebacker Nick Vigil. They say it's going to be a depth move. Here he could have been a starter. Uh, the pay, the um, excuse me, the New England Patriots have released kicker Steven Gostkowski. Been there a long time. And they've signed quarterback Brian Hoyer. Really interested to see what the Patriots are going to do at quarterback this year. A lot of people think that Hoyer is just kind of a depth move, that veteran presence. And Stidham's going to be the guy. They're also saying that um, they're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. I can't see. I really can't see the the New England Patriots tanking. I don't think that's in Bill Belichick's blood. I'm sorry. Uh, another wide receiver gone. The Vikings have signed wide receiver Tajay Sharp. I wasn't high on him. I No, no thanks. The Giants have signed former Eagle, former Patriot, and former Tennessee Titan running back Deion Lewis. And surprisingly, a blow to a division foe, the Cowboys center Travis Frederick has decided to retire at age 29. Uh, you know, Lyman can play in their 30s as Andrew Whitworth and um, 
Jason Peters can attest to. So this is kind of a surprise retirement here. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And when guys figure out that they they don't want to play anymore, they maybe he's got some injuries that he was battling that we didn't know about. Maybe he just didn't have the fire anymore. I can't remember the dude's name, but that uh, 49ers linebacker that retired after one season, he had a good rookie year, and then he just decided, I'm out. I'm done. Um, but, hey, you know what? I do have one thing I want to bring up. I want to talk to you guys about Danny Cannell. Do you, do you know who Danny Cannell is? Do you remember after the Eagles, they, they lost that playoff game to the Seahawks. It was a heartbreaker, and they could have won had Carson Wentz not gotten hurt. I understand the narrative. Wentz is always hurt. He's never played a full season. Well, full season is 16 games, so he played 16 games twice in his career. I understand that's only 50% of his time in the league, but he did it. So we're going to get to Danny in a minute, but the problem I have is this. The NFL is all about player safety, and that's great. You need to be all about player safety. It's smart on both accounts. One, you don't get sued later on. Two, yeah, you want people to be safe. And three, the longer these guys play, if they're good players, you make more money as a league. The players make more money, blah, blah, blah. So Jadavian Clowney has a dirty hit on Carson Wentz. Now, I don't want people to say he's soft. He had a head injury. How about I hit you in the head with a baseball bat or a center block, and then I make you go out and throw the ball to receivers? Then we'll see how tough of a guy you really are. You won't be, I guarantee it. So, first of all, Jadavian Clowney should have been kicked out of the game. He should have also been fined and possibly suspended. He is still at this moment a free agent. I don't think, you know, with all the stuff that he said about Philadelphia, the Eagles are going to bring him in here. They also have more pressing needs, and they do have some money tied up on their defensive line. So, that being said, the Eagles could have probably won that game if Wentz was their quarterback the rest of the game. Listen, credit to Josh McCown playing with a torn hamstring. That takes guts. I couldn't do it. I ran for too long the other night. I do like to go for runs. And I'm still sore. That was two days ago. I'm only 35. Josh McCown's older than me. He's also a professional athlete, so he is in better shape than I am. And he looks like Ivan Drago. But that being said, Carson Wentz did the right thing by pulling himself out of the game he he's married. He his wife is pregnant. They're expecting their first child. So there are things bigger than football at play here. Okay, he needs to make sure that he doesn't get CTE later on down the road. From the best of my knowledge, this is his first concussion in the NFL. I don't know if he ever had one in college. I hope not. Uh, but that being said, so. There was a tweet sent out, I think it was by Dan Orlovsky, and he talked about, you know, it's a shame, blah, blah, blah. And Danny Cannell, who is a former quarterback in the NFL and a collegiate quarterback as well, he came out and said, you know, no offense, but some people's bodies aren't made for the NFL. Let that sink in. Carson Wentz, who's six foot five, was the number two overall pick in the NFL. His body is not made for the NFL. We know what, Danny, I did some digging. It wasn't really hard to find here. Um, I don't think your body was made for the NFL. Let's look at some statistics that could tell you. So in college, Danny Cannell, was, he was 62.2% passer, 529 at 851, 6,372 yards, 56 touchdowns, 26 interceptions at Florida State. Good for you playing in the ACC. Now, Carson Wentz was a D2 athlete. Okay, he played at North Dakota State. He was 392 out of 612, 64.1% passing, less yards, 5,115, 45 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. Okay, so Danny Cannell was drafted in 1996 when I was 11, and he was drafted in the fourth round, the 130th pick overall. Carson Wentz, 2016, round one, pick two. 
Now, let's talk about pro careers because that's really where Danny Cannell's making his bread and butter here. He played 43 games, okay? He played from 1996 to 2000 consistently. There was a gap, and then he played for Denver in 2003. The Giants were 96 to 98. The Falcons were 99 to 2000. He started 24 games. He was 10, 13, and 1 as a starter. Wow. He was 491 out of 956. That's a 51.4% completion percentage for 5,129 yards. His touchdown-to-interception ratio was 31 touchdowns to 34 interceptions, whereas Carson Wentz, four years, has played 56 games. He started all that he's played in. He's 32-24, and 24, which last I checked, 32 wins is better than 10. Not quite sure. I'm not a mathematician. He's 1,311 out of 2,055. That's a 63.8% completion percentage to crap wide receivers. 14,191 yards, 97 touchdowns to 35 interceptions. Danny Cannell, you piece of shit. You have a guy who, you know, who is probably really shaken up. He was probably all hyped up for this game, his first ever playoff game, because we all know what happened. He tore his ACL. Nick Foles came in, did the best run in postseason history, in my opinion. Then in 2018, he had a fractured back because Jason Peters forgot how to block. Which, by the way, Matt Stafford had a fractured back last year. I don't hear anybody talking about Matt Stafford being injury-prone, but that's that's a time for another day. So you have a guy who's probably worried about his long-term well-being, who is missing minutes of his life in his brain. He does not remember those things. And you're going to come out here and say that some guys, their bodies aren't made for the NFL. Well, you know what, Danny Cannell? You know what your body is not made for? Your body is not made for Washington Avenue. So I'll tell you what. You could find me on Twitter, okay? We'll work something out. We'll meet somewhere, and then we'll see who's who and what's what. Because you want to be a Twitter tough guy. You know, that's how you want to do it. You want to hide behind your microphone. I understand I'm talking to a microphone right now, but if you want to be Mr. Tough Guy, you want to swing the big dick. You think you're tough shit. You tell me when. You tell me where. And we'll see whose body is made for what. Because last I checked, if your body was made for the fucking NFL, you would have played more than 24 games. If you couldn't get on the field for the New York Giants after Phil Sims was there, then, then what are you doing? You were a fourth-round draft pick, okay? Dude, you're a dud. Carson Wentz is a stud, okay? W- what's up with the two-year gap in here? What were you doing? Seriously, what were you doing in 2001 and 2002? Because you weren't in the NFL. That's what I could tell. And you know what? Shame on you, ESPN. What is wrong with ESPN? Seriously, their fantasy website is trash. Their fantasy app is garbage. The people that they have on Monday Night Football are sad. In fact, your Monday Night Football is so bad. Guys are unretiring and going back into the NFL because your broadcast is so freaking bad. If this is the standard that ESPN is putting out there, okay, then they need to stop covering football because you have hacks like this that think they're a doctor talking about some guys are soft and not made for the NFL. Danny Cannell, tell me when. Tell me where, because I guarantee when it comes to putting a city on my back, when it comes to defending somebody that I have faith in, I will straight up roll you. I don't care if you're a professional athlete. I mean, looking at these stats, that's really not much of a professional athlete. I don't care if you played collegiately in the ACC. I really don't, because really two things happen. I hit you, you hit the ground, 
And then after that, you have to apologize to Carson Wentz. So if at any point you want that to happen, just let me know. Okay, seriously, I'm behind the mic right now. I'll gladly show out for wherever, and we can do this. That's fine. And if you want to hide and you want to cower and be a little girl, I don't care if I'm a podcast guy that only has 76 downloads on my podcast. I really don't care. You might be a better analyst than me, but you know what else you are? You're a bigger pussy than I am too. Come out. Let's play. Let's get this worked out. But hey, let's move on because you know what? I wasted enough time on this podcast and of my life thinking about Danny Cannell. The city of Philadelphia hates you. Everybody hates you. Please go away. So we see that not much is going on in in free agency here for the Eagles. I don't know what's how he's, what, how he's doing. Really wanted them to sign Prashad Perryman. He went to the Jets on a one-year $8 million deal. I still think that something's going to happen where they trade for somebody or they trade up in the draft. So let's talk about the draft for a minute. They need wide receivers. That's where we're going to start today. Okay, We can go other positions later. I have a couple of guys written down here that I like a lot that I think would be a great fit for this team. The first one is T. Higgins. He played at the University of Clemson. Six foot four, big dude, huge wingspan like a pterodactyl. I've heard that comparison. You've watched Clemson on TV if you watch any college football, if you watch the playoff games, if you watch the national championship. You know what T. Higgins can do if you're paying attention. He's a big body guy. He can get down the field. He's not overly fast, but when you're that big, you don't need to be because you're a long strider. If Wentz throws the ball up to him, he's going to come down and get it. Same thing with Michael Pittman Jr. Now, he's 6'3", so he's an inch shorter than T. Higgins, but you want to talk about physical guy. His dad's Michael Pittman Sr. He was a running back for the Arizona Cardinals. This dude will straight up maul you. I mean, he will he will fight for the ball, and nine times out of ten, he's going to win. Cornerbacks in the NFL obviously are tougher than those in the Pac-12, which I hate that it's the Pac-12 now. I miss when it was the Pac-10. I mean, the Big Ten's still the Big Ten, but there's like, 12, 14 teams in it. We can get rid of Rutgers. We can get rid of Maryland. Seriously, like, get rid of that trash out of the Big Ten. Please, please. But anyway, so he's from the Pac-12. The DBs in there aren't as good as they're going to be in the pros. But I think Michael Pittman is good enough, strong enough, big enough that he can be an impactful guy in the NFL. He doesn't need to be a first-round draft pick. Realistically, depending on how things are going, you know, you could trade back late second, early third. Use your third-round pick. Um, I see a couple a couple mock drafts that are having guys like LaMichael P. Ryan mock to us too. He's a running back out of the University of Florida. He'd be a great compliment to Miles Sanders. I feel like he's slightly more physical than Miles Sanders, but he's also very shifty and he's a good pass receiving back as well. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how this is going to go down, but definitely check out some film on Michael Pittman Jr. You will not be um, disappointed with that. Another guy they had, I've seen some mocks having him coming to the Eagles in the first round. That's Brandon Ayuk. He plays at Arizona State. I like Brandon Ayuk. I just want to throw that out there. He's a JUCO transfer. In case you don't know, JUCO means junior college. I don't have his stats right in front of me, but um, he did put up some decent numbers at uh, junior college. Last year, his numbers weren't great. Nikhil Harry was still there. He was a former first-round draft pick of the New England Patriots. This past season, however, he did fairly well, over 1,000 yards. I'm not sure of his touchdowns off the top of my head. But I think Brandon Ayuk could be a good wide receiver. He does. He's a punt and kick returner as well. Um, I don't want to say that he's going to be a wide receiver one. They'd probably have to look elsewhere for that. He can be productive. Um, 
But I do not like a first-round grade on Brandon Ayuk. I could tell you that. The next guy I have is Devin Duvernay. He is out of the University of Texas. So Duvernay is kind of all over the place. You know, and obviously I'm breaking these guys down for the Dynasty Rewind. We talk a lot about rookies this time of year. Duvernay was a guy that I really, really liked. He lines up primarily in the slot. But there's something about him. He gets the ball in his hands. He's like a running back. He just knocks people over. He's willing to block. He can line up in other places too, which is good because I feel like Doug Peterson wants versatility in his wide receivers as as well as his running backs. I think his tight ends, he doesn't give a shit if you could block or not. He just wants you to be able to go out and get open. Block enough, you know, for a second or two, do a chip block and then roll out, do what you got to do. But Brand, I'm sorry, Devin Duvernay, very productive wide receiver um, for a team that I don't consider as a very prolific passing offense. Um, I would love to see him on this team. I think he could fit in really well. He gets open pretty well. You know, he could be a good dump down guy for Wentz if your other guys aren't open. Um, Deshaun Jackson's covered, Alshon Jeffrey, although who knows what's going to happen with Alshon Jeffrey. No one's going to trade for him at that inflated contract. I don't know if they're going to be able to cut him. I haven't looked at the OTC numbers. That's over the cap. A great website to check out if you want to look at guys' contract situations. So I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do there. At this point, he's probably going to start the season on the pup anyway. So I don't know. We will see exactly what happens there. And, you know, a lot of my last guy, and I put a question mark because I'm not as high on Henry Ruggs as other people are. Henry Ruggs is a speedster, a la Deshaun Jackson. I think Deshaun Jackson can be a more complete uh, wide receiver or is a more complete wide receiver than Henry Ruggs. That being said, there's something in the fantasy community that we call market share, and I'm sure you've heard it before on other NFL podcasts too. That's how much of the share of targets and receptions that you get. Um, obviously, he's from the University of Alabama, so there's only so many targets to go around. There's a lot of talent on the Crimson Tide offense. He really didn't blow anybody away. Jerry Judy was there, who I'd love to see. I'd rather have the Eagles get Jerry Judy, but I'm being realistic in where we're picking here at pick 21. Jerry Judy's not going to be there. He's probably going to be the first, second, or third receiver off the board. So a lot of people are mocking up Henry Ruggs to the Eagles and having T. Higgins go right after him. Personally, I would like to see, if you want to get the speech there, get your big guy early, like T. Higgins, uh, Michael Pittman, I would say no. He's probably going to be available, like I said before, in the third round or so. So get T. Higgins in the first round. And if you want a short speedster to eventually replace Deshaun Jackson that can also play special teams, take K.J. Hamler later on. You know, Penn State receivers are not really that heralded in the NFL, although Allen Robinson and Deshaun Hamilton are two great examples of guys that can produce when given the opportunity. Deshaun Hamilton, not so much as Allen Robinson, but still they are productive NFL players. So I like K.J. Hamler over Henry Ruggs, just because you could fill other needs uh, with what you would have to do to draft um, Henry Ruggs. So that being said, while we're talking about wide receivers, let's talk about last year. Now, a lot of guys liked DK Metcalf. DK stands for Decalin Zacharias, in case you're wondering. Um, and then we got J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I know it's pronounced Arcega. I'm not going to say that because I feel like I have a list, but I have enough problems talking as it is. Pre-draft. I like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside better, and the reason for that is he's a better football player. Now, D.K. Metcalf was more productive last year. That being said, this is a point or an example of where opportunity trumped talent. 
DK Metcalf is a guy, he can get down the field. He's big. He's physical. He's going to fight you and maul you for the ball. Whereas J-Jaw, as is shortened for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, he's a little bit more of a finesse player. He's going to work you. He's going to do moves. He's going to get open. He's going to high point the ball really well. I think long-term, J-Jaw has a better shot of being a productive wide receiver. DK Metcalf has a big injury history in the past. So when they're talking, they got to get this guy, they got to get that guy. You know, we have to think that you're building for long term. Okay. DK Metcalf is a prime example of why the Seattle Seahawks offense is the way it is because it's, it's run based. And then it's kind of like, it's kind of like backyard football for the passing game. Russell Wilson runs around until a guy gets open and he chucks him the ball. That's pretty much it. That's where DK Metcalf, where he excels at. This is not the type of offense for a guy like DK Metcalf, all right? Kind of a one-trick pony. People worried about his route tree when he came out. They called it a route branch because all he did was basically just run in a straight line, and that was it. And that's really all he still does, but it works for the Seattle Seahawks offense. It would not work for the Philadelphia Eagles. Give J.J. Arcega-Whiteside some time. I don't think he's as big of a bum as people are letting him on to be. He just needs a little bit more time to develop. And obviously more time working with the starting quarterback is going to help too. They have another offseason, although I don't know what's going on with any of this offseason stuff, you know, with the virus running around. So we shall see how that goes. Um, you know about the trade that went down last week with uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson. That was that was terrible, by the way. They, if that was a fantasy football trade, that would have gotten vetoed by the commissioner instantaneously. My thought is this. The Eagles not trading for DeAndre Hopkins was worse than last year when they did not even put a waiver claim in for Josh Gordon. I don't understand what's going on here. Howie, please enlighten me with your big long-term plan. Seriously. Josh Gordon, available. Your wide receivers, injured. No claim. They were ahead of Seattle in the waiver order, and Seattle got them. I mean, what, what's the what's the hurt of putting a claim in? You don't get them, you don't get them if somebody else ahead of you wants them. But doing nothing doesn't get you anything. Now, at the end of the day, I guess it was really a moot point because Gordon got suspended again, blah, 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 blah. That being said, a report came out last week that the offer that the Eagles got for DeAndre Hopkins was significantly different than what they got from the, or what the Cardinals got from the Texans. And I understand that obviously you're going to want different things from every team that you try to deal with, be it the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Patriots, uh, the chiefs, whoever, it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is tell us what it was, or maybe they don't want to, cause it's going to piss us off. I really don't know, but it's just weird to think they could have one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. Now he did want a contract extension He's making a lot of money. I believe it's $81 million over three years. That's a ton of dough. But how he is the cap master, unless it comes to Alshon Jeffrey's contract, he could have figured something out. So the fact that he didn't try harder doesn't really bode well for me. I'm not a fan of it. I hope that whatever they're planning to do wide receiver works out this year because Deshaun Jackson's over 30. Alshon Jeffrey hates it here, apparently, and he's not getting any younger. You have a bunch of no-names, you got J-Jaw, and then you have Greg Ward, and that's pretty much it, and whoever you draft. So something needs to happen, and you got to watch that waiver wire, Harry. Just just get it together. Another couple things here wide receiver-wise. Um, 
I did see a report, and this could be just, you know, the rumor mills spewing things out when there's not a lot of sports going on right now. Apparently, there has been talks between the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. They would send us Dante Pettis, who's been nothing short of a bust so far in his two-year NFL career, and we would send Rasul Douglas. I don't like this at all. I really don't. And the reason why is Rasul Douglas seems to be hated on for some reason, but every time they throw the ball at him, it seems like he gets an interception. Dante Pettis is a guy that they're just pulling off the scrap heap at this point in his career. I know, third-year breakout, blah, 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 blah. But it's kind of hard to have a third-year breakout when you're switching systems in your third year. I don't like it at all. I also don't like the fact that apparently the Eagles are interested in Sammy Watkins. You want to talk about an inflated freaking contract? Why would you want Sammy Watkins? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. He's a guy that was talking about you know taking a year off possibly. So I don't understand why they'd want him. He's not really that great of a wide receiver anyway, to be perfectly honest with you. So please stay away from Sammy Watkins, Philadelphia Eagles. And my last topic of the day here, um, they did make one move this past week. I don't know if I'm excited about it or not. They did side former Rams cornerback Nikel Roby Coleman. That was a one-year deal of up to $1.3 million. This seems to me, again, Howie taking a low-risk, potentially high-reward guy a la the Will Parks trade, who's also a Philadelphia native, and the Jatavis I'm sorry, Will Park signing and the Jatavis Brown signing. So he's a guy, if you remember that uh, infamous no call in the Saints-Rams game in the playoffs a couple years back. That was when the Saints went to the Super Bowl, if you could call it. That was was one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. Although I can't really say that. My daughter was about a week old at the time, and um, I fell asleep on the recliner because the game sucked that bad. My wife brought her and just laid her down on my chest, and her and I just napped during the Super Bowl. So... Um, I guess maybe that was the second best Super Bowl of all time, the first one being obviously Super Bowl 52. Uh, But it seems to me like Howie's kind of taking, again, the low-risk, high-reward route to the defense this year, and I kind of like it. You know, this is is back to um, a couple years back when they got Malcolm Jenkins. Nobody wanted Malcolm Jenkins. They wanted Jarris Bird, the guy from the Buffalo Bills, and the Saints signed Bird who's out of football, I think, two years later, maybe three. And Malcolm Jenkins went on to just be one of the greatest defensive backs that the Eagles have ever had suit up for them. Sad to see him go. Um, so far, I think that's probably the biggest mistake of the offseason. Um, but, hey, you know, maybe obviously the training staff and the coaching staff knows something that we don't if they're just letting the guy walk. Uh, this is clearly not like the Brian Dawkins situation. Again, not happy with it, but... He is in his early 30s, and I know that guys play longer now, but defensive back is way different than offensive tackle, offensive guard, and it's different than quarterback. So who knows? I wish I had a definitive answer. We're really going to see. How do you rate the Eagles free agency so far? I mean, right now I'm giving it a C. I think they bolstered up positions that they didn't need to, like defensive line, which is pretty good as it was. Their line is going to be completely nasty right now. The secondary is still a question mark as far as I'm concerned. And their linebacking core doesn't look that much improved. That being said, TJ Edwards, he's a guy I like a lot. He looks to be the starting middle linebacker right now. Nate Gary's going to be the other one. And Jatavis Brown looks to be the third linebacker with Camus Grugier Hill going to South Beach and uh, becoming a member of the Miami Dolphins. Offensively, the line, it's about the same. 
maybe slightly better with Peters being gone. I hate to say that because I love Jason Peters, but it was time for him to go. The wide receiving core is the same, which is not good. Tight ends, same quarterback, same. So how are we supposed to be excited? Especially when you have a division with a team like the Dallas Cowboys that they have a roster that on paper looks like it could compete for the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say that they're going to because obviously Mike McCarthy comes in, blah, blah, blah. Who knows how that's going to work out. Washington Redskins are still in turmoil. They got a new head coach. I'm not really a believer in them. The New York Giants, they could be a hell of a lot better this year. Again, new coach. So right now, it's time. This is when you should be making those big, flashy signings and going all in. This is when you should be making that T.O. signing. Remember that signing that got you there? That gave you that hope, one team, one city, one dream? You remember that slogan? Still, Hungry Dogs Run Faster is a lot better, but we should be going all in right now. That being said, today is Sunday, March 28th. It's about 4.30 p.m., so I have faith. You know, there's only, there's little less than a month until the draft happens. I think Howie could pull off a trade. I'd love to see Mike Williams get traded here. Maybe Curtis Samuel. Maybe he's expendable now that Robbie Anderson went to Carolina. Maybe something happens on draft day. I don't know, but we have to do something. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for me this week. Really not too much going on, but I'm going to I'm going to figure something out and get back to you guys next week. So until then, thank you for listening to the Back Row Eagles show. You can find me on Twitter at the Embowerate 5 You can definitely go ahead and follow this podcast account at BackRow underscore birds. And until next week, everybody, remember, no one likes us and we don't care. And thanks again for getting me on the Chartable Top 200. I'll see you next week.